Steaming out, back to back, back in the beamers out. Seems it's our plans to get a grant to go off to college and pan or even out. We need it now, we need a town, we need a place to pitch, we need a mound. Now I'm just a lazy boy, daydreaming in my lazy boy. In the clouds of smoke, and the plane is marvin. Mama, forgive me, should be thinking about Harvard. That's too far away, niggas are starving. Nothing wrong for ain't, just gotta change the target. I got the dreams of bag of snittles, the size of pillows. I see pies every time my eyes glittles. I see rides, sixes, I gotta get those. Like so bitch, I hope you're not making It's not like we're professionals, moving the decimals, know where the cop, nah, gotta connect, no, who in the F knows how to be successful, need a person of Jesus, I'm in Depeche Mode, you say it's celestial, song and stars, it's like Tony the Root, so how you play the car, you ain't fucking with me, the irony's off, at all costs, better avoid these bars, now let's start, on your mark, you set, let's go, get out the car, go in the circle, it's a vicious cycle, this is a crash course, this ain't high school Wake up Monday, dreaming again You're a reality show, season again
like pissing, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like pissing, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah, like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. Shout out to the mighty Who That Nation, man. We in this thing, Sports Coma, representing, man. Much love to the great Saint Tank Tank, the entire mighty Who That Nation. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sports talk from your favorite sports fam. How y'all doing, man? Happy Super Bowl Sunday to the fam. Appreciate you guys being in the stream, man. Uh, Listen, a lot of stuff been going on in the Saints world in terms of what staff is going to be hired. It's becoming abundantly clearer. The Saints have uh, have made a deal with Clint Kubiak. And of course, after the Super Bowl is over with, according to Ian Rappaport, according to uh, several Saints insiders, the Saints will finalize the deal. And of course, he's going to bring in a lot of his own staff. That's why the Saints haven't pretty much filled a lot of the staff as we know it. There are rumors circulating around of some of the guys that Clint Kubiak wants here. So it'll be a complete, almost a complete and total redo of the Saints offense, which is very interesting because if you're a historian like most of us are in terms of the Saints uh, history, that we kind of reflect back to the time period after Katrina where Coach Payton first got here. And it was a decision between Coach Payton and Gary Kubiak, the father of Clint Kubiak, of which team that or which uh, coach that they wanted to go with. And ultimately, the Saints chose Coach Payton after Gary Kubiak, who had received the offer from the Houston Texans, then tried to leverage that offer with the Saints and Tom Benson. And Tom Benson, I ain't paying that much money. <laughs> so he went with the cheaper option, which was Sean Payton. And ultimately, it worked out for our benefit. Saints did ultimately get a Super Bowl out of the move, and uh, it was really interesting. Now we kind of kind of circling all the way back to Kubiak. So that is interesting all within itself. So shout out to the fan. Appreciate y'all being in the stream. Big ups to St. Doug. Shout out to your brother. Brother Josh is in this thing. What's popping, Demi? Good to see you. Say what's going on with Enemy. Not too much that I've heard in terms of what's going on with Eric Enemy. And his connections. A lot of people have been DM, DMing me about is Eric being to me uh, somebody the Saints gonna 
bring on or work with? And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. I mean, the only opportunity y'all remember, uh, when was it? The, uh, the year when they were bringing in, when they were looking for, uh, head coaches two years ago, well, ultimately almost three years ago, uh, Eric Bieniemy was supposed to be a finalist for the head coaching job. And ultimately they had an eight hour meet meeting that turned into them wanting to offer him a offensive coordinator position in which he turned down. He wanted to be the head coach and they elected to have Dennis Allen there and kind of did that whole thing. So there is no connections uh, to my knowledge about Eric Bieniemy to the saints at this current juncture of time. So shout out to you. Thank you for that. Big ups to Pelicans. Nola, good to see you in the stream as well. 985 Live in the building. Shout out to your fam. How you doing, brother? All right. He says it'll be something if Clint be like, I ain't leaving. <laughs> nah, I think that's already a done deal, bro. Gundam says, I'm watching the NFL pregame Super Bowl show, and man, they've gotten so political. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of that going on. And it's a, it's a merger of the two because a lot of people kind of watch sports as an a, attempt to get away from the world. You see what I'm saying? Because sports, that's why I love sports so much, because sports, even though we might have adversarial teams that we match up against, is still a respect factor. Like when you hear Big Low, uh, uh, my dogs, uh, Dave and Rashad from the PNP camp, or Big Game James come, come on the podcast, it's always always about love and respect. You know, even though we have different uh, points of view with our teams, it's all about love and respect with them. And I think that's the thing that sports brings. Like it's the greatest unifier of people for real like it don't matter like if you take uh 20 or 70 something thousand people and put them in a dome ain't no way and all those people are the same type thinking uh different backgrounds whatever the case may be but when they put that black and gold on and they go in that building they all that is thrown out and it's all about the team winning it's all about having a good time it's all about being swept up in the euphoria of being a saint supporter that's what it's about. It don't matter where you come from. And that there is why I love sports so much. So a lot of people kind of get a, want to get away from the world because a lot of things they agree with, some things they disagree with. And God knows there's a lot of evil, crazy stuff going on in this world that people try to get away from it. So I get it, you know. Shout out to you, bro. All right, brother Carlton. Thank you, bro, for becoming a YouTube member. Shout out to you, Carlton. Good to see you, brother. Hope everything going all right with you. And thank you for that. All right. Shout out to you, brother Kevin. Thank you, bro. He says, uh, BQ, who that to, uh, okay, who that, the Kansas City Chiefs, who that? Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Yeah, he could be, bro. Absolutely, man. And uh, I think Bob did a really good, Bob Rose from Saints News Network did a really good job of kind of throwing out some of those people who he kind of thought about that might, they might potentially bring on the team. Because listen, the Saints could use some of these players, to be honest with you, man, because you you bring listen i'm going to i'm going to share some stuff with you we're going to go over some of this stuff and i'm also going to you know how i do fam i'm going to bring in and get some interviews so you guys before these guys get here can get some insight what these guys sound like what their mentality is and listen i've done research over the last several well last week i have not been too active fam listen i just i took a little vacation people are like where q at <laughs> is q all right yeah we'll be good baby we good we all good you know, sometimes you got to take a break, have a little vacation, kind of recharge your battery, stuff like that. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to play some reports or, or interviews from the guys that they're talking about. We're talking about um, Clint Kubiak. You'll hear from him, his perspective in terms, and this is when him uh, uh, from the past, you'll hear his perspective on what he 
likes to do in terms of the quarterback. He talks about some things that I really like. I really like some of the sticking points and things that he talk about uh, in this press conference is exactly with a guy like Derek Carr needs. This guy will not be a guy that comes in and will play uh, a, you know, like with Pete Carmichael or with Dennis, at least coddle games. We don't need coddle games with Derek Carr. We need somebody to force him to do what he's supposed to do in terms of being fundamental, looking over the entire field. The same stuff I said the entire damn season about looking over the entire progression plate before you throw the ball, you know, um, you know, look, just professional stuff, the fundamental stuff that makes a good quarterback. And if he follows Clint Kubiak's direction, I'm pretty sure that it'll level his game up where it's supposed to be. And he speaks about accountability. That's what I'm talking about. Bringing accountability and posing stress. He, he likes to run high stress practices, all of that stuff. So even before we even get into the schematics and all the other stuff that goes with a Kyle Shanahan, Clint Kubiak style offense where you have a lot of play action passes and pre-snap motion and wide zone runs and all this kind of stuff. Before we even get into that, we talk about uh, I'm going to play for you, him, and also the potential offensive line coach. Because listen, you get Clint Kubiak as the OC, but Rod, I'm going to tell you something. The biggest part of them doing that is getting the correct offensive line coach that can be able to do a lot of those zone runs that they like to do. You see their style. And I don't know if he's going to take exactly what Kyle Shanahan does, but if he, if, because that style likes to attack defenses horizontally, you see what I'm saying? They like to confuse you with misdirection. They do all of these, these, this pre-snap motion stuff that throws you off and confuses the defense. So in order for you to run the style of offense that they have, these guys, whoever that offensive line coach is going to be, and it's supposed to be Benton, and we'll hear an interview from Benton from a previous stop when he was with another team and his philosophy on different things. We'll hear from him and also the other, uh, the potential QB coach. We'll, I'll play some of these people's interviews from the past so you can get a perspective on who these guys are before they actually get in the building. So I like what I'm hearing from that. So anyway, shout out to the fan. Appreciate y'all. For being here. Oh, gee, what's happening? He says, uh, what happened to you Saturday? <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff was going on. Oh, gee, but I'm here Sunday, brother. I'm, uh, <laughs> he was ready for hey, hey, Jerry. You he was ready for coffee with you, huh, brother. I hear you had the coffee already, brother. You had the Folgers, the community coffee. You had it already, huh, brother. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. OG said, man, I had it ready, brother. I had it. Where were you? All right. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. All right, brother Gundam, he says, your eye for QBs has been spot on, fam. Who the QB like in 2024? Shout out to Gundam. Uh, bro, it's a quite a few quarterbacks. I know we're not going to be able, we're not going to be looking at direction. Y'all know I like Jaden Daniels. I'm an LSU guy. I got a lot of respect for him. I think he's better than May, the North Carolina guy. No disrespect to the North Carolina guy. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he is better than Jaden Daniels. I don't know why he's over Jaden Daniels right now. And Williams is the the top quarterback right there. But you look at Jaden Daniels is not too far away from Williams in my perspective. Now, May is a good, strong quarterback. But at the end of the day, when you talk about everything, that's Jaden Daniels. I mean, he carried LSU's team running and passing. He's intelligent. He's a team player. He's not a problem child. You, you see what I'm saying? He played in a tougher uh, uh, conference. The SEC is the champion conference. He played there. So, I mean, he, he checks all of the boxes. 
you know, to be that one. I think he's better than man. I think ultimately that will switch once these pro days get over. You start seeing the, the February combine and the pro days, LSU pro days and all these other pro days that'll get over with. You'll start seeing that switch happen. Now, outside of the top three or four guys like a Penix Jr. or some of those guys. I think, uh, and even if the Saints, I don't know if they'll be even looking at a quarterback, but in terms of the guys that I like, I do, you know, uh, like Michael Penix Jr. He went through a lot of injury stuff, but still in all, he stayed strong. He had a really good team too, by the way, uh, great wide receivers around. Uh, so I like Penix Jr. I really like the kid from Florida State. I'm thinking that if that that kid is there, that you take him. Now, I know he's rehabbing, but listen, if he was healthy, he would be in the talk for one of the top five quarterbacks in the game. Also, a real good sleeper quarterback to talk about, and I can't give too many of them because I'm coming on the timeline, but I like Pratt out of Tulane. Big quarterback, strong arm, has accuracy, really intelligent. Uh, the guy is, he broke all the records at Tulane. He was a, a fantastic quarterback for the Greeny, for the Green Waves. And he would be a very good pickup later on in the draft, probably the mid area of the draft somewhere along in there. But there are quite a few guys that I like that's in this draft. So hopefully that answers some of your questions. Brother Michael says, uh, Big Q, what do you think of Cam Jordan's interview and how do you think it reflects on the team view of Allen? I think it's pretty consistent, bro, to be honest with you. I watched that interview yesterday and uh, it's pretty consistent. You know, and Cam's never wanted to mix words or mince words. He's a dude that's that's going to just like Elvin Kamara is. Some of these guys will just tell you straight up. They're not going to sugarcoat it. They're going to tell you the truth about what's going on inside the locker room. They're not going to just blurt out a bunch of secrets at one, mind you, but they'll keep it real up until, you know, to, to respect the team and to respect, you know, the, the question. But they're going to give you a real answer. If you ask them a direct question, they're going to give you a direct answer. So they don't, they're not going to beat around the bush. And that's pretty much the sentiment of what we felt in the Who That Nation is what Cam feels about how the team and the, the direct, you know, Dennis Allen, all this stuff. We could tell that no guy. And I've been saying this, you know, for a while is Dennis Allen showed red flags like with the situation, how he handled Jameis Winston uh, by lying to him. And, and Jameis Winston was like, I thought we was going to play. And they had that old rule about not losing your job due to injury. And he, him promising him he'll be able to get in there and play and whatever. And then, you know, and then it didn't happen. So what happened after the season? Did he come, I mean, during the season, did he say, okay, let's have, hash it out. We're going to put Jameis. Jameis never seen the field for the rest of that season. And it's a shame because had he had gotten in there, maybe things could have been a little bit different. We could have won a couple of games and kind of slid it. Well, they finished 7-10, I think it was that year, wasn't it? That was the first was that the first? yeah so anyway what i'm saying is at the end of the day fam well that was the year before that was the nine and seven year uh no 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 no, no. i'm getting mixed up here seven and ten year so listen all i'm saying is is that when it comes down to dennis allen red flags you know he's not a guy that you want to tell your personal secrets to you know he's he's not he will betray you that's what dennis allen does he's a sneaky weasel coach he backstabbed Jameis Winston, lied to him. He also threw his team under the bus at the end of the season and apologized to the team's worst rival. That is, that's pathetic. That's a, that's worse than a snake. Lay me something. That's, that's that's a worm person does that. You know, you're not supposed to do that. You don't, you destroy the fabric of you, the delicate trust fabric of your team. When you do that, because these guys are trained that if anybody does that to them, you can't trust them. The whole premise of team is built on trust and loyalty. 
And you violate that when you behave like that. You can't ask a guy to play for you if they're not going to trust you. It's not going to work. You automatically create fractures and uh, disconnects and divisions inside of your team when you behave in that way. And that's the, supposed to be the head coach loosely using the term, of course. But when you do that, that tears up everything. It really does. And for the brass, the mismanagement class, what they'll attempt to do is get out the players that's reacting to the the uh, dysfunction of what the coach is providing. So if a guy doesn't like what he did, their answer is to trade him or get rid of him, as opposed to tell that dumbass coach, hey, man, listen, you can't do that. You have to correct these behaviors. Go apologize to that team. Go take them out to dinner or something. Make it work. Make it right. As opposed to pretend and keep going down that narrow road, that bullshit road down there. See, that'll never happen because there's not a real there's not a real accountability there of somebody that knows how to treat people. That's not there because a guy, if I was his boss, I would make him go and apologize to them and take them to lunch or do something to fix that. You have to fix that, not pretend like it didn't happen. So anyway. Let me keep it going, man. But thank you, brother uh, Michael, for that. Appreciate you. Brent, thank you for the super chat. Says, who that fam? Deep from 49ers territory. Well, I sometimes wear my Breeze captain jersey. That's red and gold. Thank you, bro. Uh, he said, you should see the looks. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you, bro. Hey, bro. Come on now, dog. Come on, man. All right. Shout out to you. Appreciate you, brother Brent, man. I appreciate you for being here with the super chat. Much love to everybody, man. What's up, brother Larry? How you doing, man? Appreciate you. All right, brother Tor is in this thing as well. Shout out to OG Jerry, brother Gundam, brother, uh, let's see who else, Pelicans, Noel, everybody. How y'all doing? St. John, how you doing, sir? Big big ups to you. Appreciate you as well. Much love to everybody, man. We up in this thing. All right, so let's get into this news, man. Saints, and, and of course, we've known this for some time, fam, that this broke, but of course, the insiders are saying that this is going to happen after the Super Bowl is over with. The Saints are going to officially finalize the deal and probably an announcement to happen uh, not maybe if not instantaneously in terms of this, the team doing it or announcing it or whatever, but if it'll become official after the Super Bowl. And of course, we know that he has a couple of people that he himself, he being Clint Kubiak, the passing game coordinator currently of the 49ers will become the Saints new offensive coordinator, which is big news because the Saints totally revamped their offense new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, new running backs coach, new wide receiver coach. You know, we got some we got several assistants left, though. We still have Clancy Barone there at the tight end position. But the but the Saints pretty much a total, a to, almost a total or maybe like 90 percent rebuild of this of the offense, which is a bit exciting, to be honest with you, because that's what you want to see, a complete push out of all the old, especially the defensive line coach. I didn't want to see Cody Burns. I thought Cody Burns did a pretty good job. But in terms of the offensive line, that should have been the first dude fired you know, out the door, you know. So anyway, it happened. So anyway, let's get into this article by NFL Network. Saints are pillaging the NFC uh, champion Niners for the new offensive coordinator. Saints are expected to finalize the deal after the Super Bowl to hire San Francisco's passing game coordinator Clint Kubiak for the vacant role. NFL Network inside of time, Palacero reported Sunday, per sources informed that the situation New Orleans is expected to add Bears quarterbacks coach Andre Janako and longtime NFL offensive line coach John Benton, the QBX staff, Pellicito, Sarah added. So there are the other namings, but right away, two really interesting moves when they talk about NFL offensive line coach John Benton, and which is a big thing. Remember, the, getting the philosophy of the offense with the, the offensive coordinator is big, but 
a lot of what he is attempting to do will be based on how good John Benton can get the Saints offensive line keyed up and ready to play. Like I said, not so much of a vertical attack in terms of the offense that they do in terms of the blocking with the offensive line. A lot of horizontal stuff, you know, with a lot of pre-snap motion and going on. They do a they are very lively, active offense. So if he's attempting to do that, that will add a whole new veneer to the Saints offense in terms of it doing it. And that offensive line has to come to play. This stuff is not going to work unless the offensive line knows how to pull. And that's, that it, it operates with a lot of pulls and a lot of stuff, a lot of disciplined approaches. The Saints O-line is going to have to deal with. So Benton is just as important as Kubiak in terms of him getting hired. And of course, Andrew Janako, who comes over, he's the Bears quarterbacks coach, will come in and help Derek Carr get his stuff together. So let me, I'm going to play some of these guys' interviews from the past so we can get some insight on who they are. Saints fired longtime offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael earlier this offseason. Kubiak, the son of Super Bowl winning coach Gary Kubiak, spent one season as the Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator in 21, replacing his father after being promoted for, for the QB coach in 2019-2020 season. The 36-year-old coach spent the 2022 season as the Broncos passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach under Nathaniel Hackett. Kubiak's second stint in Denver. After the Broncos offense got off to a woeful start under Hackett, the coach relinquished play calling to Kubiak in mid-November. Kubiak joined Kyle Shanahan's team as a passing game coordinator in 2023. So that's some of the news right there. A little game being dropped about the two assistants, the offensive line coach John Benton, and the QB coach, Andrew Janakel. So anyway, let's hear, and y'all put one in the chat if y'all can hear this. Uh, we're going to start off with Kyle, uh, where we hear from Clint Kubiak and what he had to say, not about so much about what the Saints are doing, but this is just philosophy in terms of what he thinks about uh, uh, how to bring it during practices. Y'all put one in the chat if y'all can hear it. Here we go. Most importantly, the, uh, the men in charge. I would say that I like to stress uh, the process over results. Um, it's important to me to stress accountability and uh, to always make you know practice stressful for the players so that game day, you know, game day is is easy. So those are three things I like to key on. I worked for four different teams, uh, seven different head coaches in college and the pros uh, between uh, Texas A&M, uh, Kansas, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, and here in Denver. So. You know, I've been really fortunate to work uh, for a lot of great leaders and uh, I've learned a lot along the way that's uh, that's shaped shaped me and made me who I am. It's really not about me. You know, it's about uh, what we can do together as a, as a coaching staff. So, you know, I think I bring a, uh, you know, a, a collaborative mindset to the offense. And uh, that's what I hope to do here in, in the upcoming months as we put together our playbook. I like to read. I'm a big reader. Um, I'm kind of a nerd in that way, but I'm a family man. I'm a reader. I'm pretty boring that way. And, you know, family, football, those are those are the things that I care most about. All right. That's Clint Kubiak family. And uh, let me kind of play, get that back. Hold on. Let me kind of play that back because he's he really talked about some key things right here that I wanted to kind of go uh, talk about with, with Kubiak, which is pretty cool. He often he talked about accountability. You know what I'm saying? He mentioned accountability and making uh, practice is very stressful or stressful to try to uh, simulate the game day experience to the best of his ability. Right. And that's what's really interesting that we really want to see. We really want to see that. 
accountability. This is something that we preached very repetitiously. We talked about accountability. We talked about attention to detail. We talked about um, the nine coddle factor. We don't want a hundred and fifty or fifty million dollar quarterback that's coddled. That won't get hit. See, Derek. This is the thing about Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the reason why Derek Carr has never won a playoff game, despite having all these fantastic stats from the from the Raiders and then he what he piled on with the Saints this past season. It's a reason why Derek Carr hadn't get to that next level. You got to find somebody to push him. You can't have some. And Gruden got the most out of him because Gruden was is a no BS coach in terms of he knows quarterbacks and he know, he'll fuss at you. He'll cuss at you. And it's the Gruden way or the highway. But I don't think Clint Kubiak is that kind of guy. But what I think he is, is he's a guy that understands that there is you can't coddle no hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback coming here. There is no need to pre- there don't there is no need to protect this guy. If this guy's out here throwing the pick six, if this guy's out here throwing the ball at the feet of the wide receiver, if this guy's out here throwing the ball uh, out where they have to stretch out wide or throwing it, you know, whatever the case may be, just inaccurate passes and not looking over the field before you throw the ball, not knowing where the safeties are before you try to force a ball into triple coverage, all this kind of stuff. If he's doing asinine, non-fundamental stuff like that, we need somebody to check him. We need somebody to get on his case and not coddle and protect him. We need somebody that's going to criticize him when he does things that's not right and praise him when he does stuff that's that is correct. Like often we do here. We're very fair. If Derek Carr throws touchdowns, we give him credit. You know, the last month or so of the season, he looked pretty decently. But the problem was he took too long to get there. 